Boys, I am so Dude. excited tonight. You know why? Because it's Friday. It's Friday. Yes. Three day weekend. Yes. Three day weekend. Yes. And yes. And yes. And yes. And tonight is a hostful. Welcome to the Bottle of Brown podcast. It is the 6th of October, 2023. We got a great show tonight. We'll be doing a little brown news. We have our top story, Crank File. We're going to be getting into uh, Hero of the Week and a little bit of adulting. But before we do that, I am your host of the most, Danny Paul. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. And I will be rocking the ones and twos today. Joining me in the Bob Media Studios is the hostful of hostfuls. We've got the Baron of Bourbon, the Kaiser of Cali, the golfer down under, the liege lord of loathe. Leon Coverage, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I like the addition to my introduction. Thank maybe you, Danny. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll gift us with one of your stories today. Because we also have... The Pharaoh of Finance, the Earl of the East Bay, the Sultan of Soccer, on time, ready to rock. Mr. Jones is here. Oh, yes! Danny Leon, good to see you both. How yes, you I am liking the Friday schedule instead of Thursday. Yeah, it gets a little tough. Yeah, we are recording on a Friday this time instead of our usual Thursdays. And that allowed for us to have a hostful because we also have... The Maestro de Mexico, the Duke of the Desert, the Crown Prince of the Purple. The Midge is gracing us with his presence tonight. Hey, where are the white women at? But he appears to be having some audio difficulty. And you know how I feel about people that didn't set up, set up their stuff beforehand. Shame. Yes. Shame. Yes. <laughs> Shame. Yes. Shame. 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 <laughs> Hopefully the midge will join us and get his audio figured out. But until then, we got a show to do. So why don't we start the way we always do? What's your brand for this evening, boys? Well, I've been day drinking pretty hard. Uh, started the, the day out golfing in the 96 degree weather. Good man. So I've been bearing it up. And then... I had the very rare night of going out with the dads from uh, my daughter's school. Ooh. So every quarter or so, it seems like we all go out and have a few drinks. And there was a live blues band and As the drinks do. were flowing there, too. And uh, maybe you guys have heard of it, Sammy's, where you can also bet oh. on the ponies. Uh, so, yes. 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 It was a good time. So not only... Did I play amazing golf today? I drank all day and night. I'm also $110 richer. <laughs> so I am drinking tonight so that I don't pass out during the pod. Um, a lighter proof. Um, but uh, just, a, just a classic. I don't think I've ever had it on the pod. Ooh. Old granddad. Old oh, granddad. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Are you taffering? Are you, are you doing a water in between? Uh, no, that's crazy. I mean, 80 proof is basically water. So. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. What about you, Mr. J? What do you rock? Uh, I got something special. It's a Friday. It's been a long, it was a long month, but we started a new one recently, but, uh, I, I have a special bottle from one of my kind of subscription based allocation nations. And, uh, it's the, uh, Burrell, uh, rye private reserve coming in at 116 proof. Ouch. Was it rye? It's good. Good, not as sweet as you think. That Good nose. Serious business. It does. Uh, it goes well with the Rocktober. That's right. Rocktober. Cube. Rocktober. Well, in honor of Rocktober, I have my ice ball in and I will be doing a little bit of Glenlivet tonight. Back oh, on my Any Glen will do. Any Glen will do. Any Glen. As, as long as it's not a blend, of course. But any Glen. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, any Glen. Any Glen. Guy behind the guy. 
Mitch, what is your brown tonight? Because it is Rocktober, and I expect you to have something with ice cubes in it. It is Bacardi. Oh. Ron Solera. Ah, rum man. And the dog. Hold on. Yeah. I, I don't want to alert you, but there's a strange animal behind you. That's like, that's like yeah, what, kind of, he, what kind of animal is that? He hangs out. He hangs out a lot. Uh, oh, what do you got? Fancy bottle. Ron Solera. Oh. It is, uh, it's rum that is Hecho in Mexico. It doesn't Hecho, say Hecho. Oh, good. Yeah. It's decent. Yeah, this is the All fun right. part about having the midge in the pot is that we, Jones, Leon, and Danny go back and forth on which version of whiskey is the best. And then we have our resident rum drinker in the house. Welcome. God damn it. Welcome. <laughs> you have completely changed our brown game. And I That's appreciate right. that. That's right. Hey, it's brown. It's in a glass. We enjoy it. Mm hmm. That's right. This is our first episode being recorded in the month of October. Get yourself a glass with some ice and pour your favorite brown because it's time to talk about brown. How you doing? Whiskey and whiskey. This is the darkest brown you got. Yeah. Say, Holmes, uh, where they hiding the scotch? What about um, brown? That's code for bourbon. Great stuff, this bourbon. Comes from a land called Kentucky. Talk about brown. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Scotch? Oh, yes, I, I think so. Can I have one more of these with some booze in it, please? So tonight's talk about brown is an interesting one there. It comes from the insidehook.com and it is dated September 30th. So it is pretty new. And I'm pretty sure I can get this episode out without a three-month delay this time because the world's oldest Scotch whiskey is heading to auction. This bitch really? was distilled nearly 200 mm. years ago. Now is the, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and listen to the story instead of go asking ahead. a bunch of go questions, wanna, but here's what ahead. I'm wondering. No, prognosticate, jump in. I want to know, feel what has you anyone feel. tried it? Is this going to be one of those situations? Cause I've heard about these people that have these aged wines and dark cellars and all that stuff. And then somebody pays a million dollars for the bottle and it tastes like vinegar. Like, is this a possibility with whiskey being sold? That's uh, what I want to know. Okay, so good. Preliminary questions. Did somebody try it? Jay, you got anything? I'm interested. Okay, intrigue is enough. Well, we I mean, riveting. <laughs> Dynamite <laughs> dropping, Donnie. No, no but to <laughs> Leon's point, we're closing the doors. Uh, no, it, it sounds very interesting that, you know, that something that has been distilled, held on to that long is now going to come for auction. Curious. What we what would you even price something like this no, for? That's like, what's okay. The, that's my question. Like, what is what is my, this my question is go like, for? Because they're going to auction it. Yeah, they're going to auction it, and it's it, it's like one of these things. I was like, do you even drink it? Million dollars. I can understand. Like, do you even consume it? It it, it seems so just ridiculous that if you're going to go spend whatever this thing's going to, let's just throw some hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars, like whatever. Yeah, too low. Do you even yeah drink it? What's 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 even more fun about the whole thing is is it done in Scotland and is the auctioneer speak in a Scottish <laughs> accent? Because that's something that would be entertaining. <laughs> I can't understand them when they're not talking fast. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so not just an auctioneer, but an auctioneer with a brogue. All right, oh, let's, yeah. let's, let's let's crack into this sucker and see what right, it's worth. Start. So enjoy. Perth, let's, uh, uh, Perthshire, Perth, Perth, Perthshire. Blair Castle has a long history, and as it turns out, that history also includes a hidden trove of very historic whiskey. How historic, you might ask? Distilled nearly 200 years ago and potentially sampled by Queen Victoria herself, apparently. And if the idea of owning some whiskey deemed fit for royalty sounds intriguing to you, well, you might be in luck. Last year, Blair Castle resident trustee Bertie Trufton discovered a cache of 40 whiskey bottles in the castle's cellar. It's in a castle. Gotta be good. As per whiskey auctioneer's announcement of the pending sale, the whiskey was likely distilled in 1833 and bottled eight years later, then re-bottled in 1932. As Vine Pair's Olivia White reports, two dozen of those bottles are now set to be sold at auction in November. You got time, Bobs. Two dozen. That's 24 bottles of 200-year-old brown. Whiskey auctioneer's head curator, Joe Wilson, pointed out that this scotch is of historical value for a number of reasons. Distilled in the 1830s, the whiskey was made during a fascinating period when whiskey production was experiencing massive change 
following the 1823 Excise Act, making it a particularly exciting find for those interested in the history and heritage of Scotch whiskey. The auction is set to begin on November 24. Let me say that again. The auction is set to begin November 24. Yes, this episode will be up before then and will run through December 4. Whiskey Auctioneer has a form on its website. Again, for those of you just joining the Bottle of Brown podcast, we do post links to everything we talk about in the show notes. So you can go to this link and you can fill out this form if you are interested to sign up for more information. Unfortunately, we got to follow up. Womp, womp. None of our answers are questioned. We don't know how much. We don't know if anybody's actually tasted it. I would imagine, Leon, if they stumbled upon 40 bottles and we're only talking about 24, mm-hmm. that 16 bottles went somewhere. Well, and, my, and my guess is Bertie Trofton, who discovered the cash and said, kept a few. We discovered a wallet. If you're missing a wallet with $200 in it, the wallet is here if you need it. Well, I think it'll, Birdie is going to hide hide them for the next yeah. 200 years. I think Birdie got uh, got a little slot of 16 bottles off there and got into some grandpa's cough medicine. That's what I think. There is a link to Whiskey Auctioneer and uh, is this, this is the Instagrams. So you can check that out if you want. But I thought it was very interesting. A 200 year old scotch what do we imagine if it's been bottled so we're assuming it's in glass right there's no angel cut in glass leon no well we are left with the mystery yeah i uh i don't i don't want to automatically assume it's good (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean on some level (laughs) You're you're yeah. saying like why hasn't anyone drink the this shit as the Italians would say? You no, know, it's it's kind of like why are you the single girl? Something about I mean you're pretty. <laughs> there's something going on oh, here. Oh no, you're not doing that. Yeah, you're not doing I'm hot doing girl that. single syndrome. I am doing that. And then there, then you have to ask yourself why has no one drank it for 200 years? There's something about it. They've drank mm. 16 of them, right? And they just found it in the cellar of the castle. So either that's mm-hmm. a cellar you don't go down in which means murder mm-hmm. or yes, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Leon on this one. I, this is a lot of, uh, lot of unanswered questions here. There's too many unknowns, but I do want to be there when the Royal taster tries it. Cause you know, you're not going to be the first one. Oh no. Like you, you I do it you, first. I bet you that shit burns a hole in your stomach. I bet you that's yeah. so awesome. Nice. But it's been hanging out in a bottle it for, like shit. it's been hanging in a bottle for almost a hundred years. Right. So it was distilled in 1830, bottled eight years later, then rebottled. So it's been in the bottles that Birdie found and slid off the top for a hundred years. So it's just been sitting in glass the whole time. Okay. Did I miss the part where we can validate that this is truly not Birdie's bathtub whiskey? That is an excellent Not just an point. old bottle on the bottom of the cellar. Excellent, excellent point. There must be some kind I of... I need uh, verification to go like, follow. Uh, like a notary stamp or something. But, uh, Danny, well, I need to hear your Scottish auctioneer. Go. I mean, you are in impersonation. So the man in the buck wearing the topton. Here's my idea for a fucking bottle of whiskey. Praise be to you, sir. I'll ask you for one of your bottles as a fee. <laughs> that's that's what I want to see. That's talking about brown. But you know what time it is. Let's get to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. Those of you familiar with the Hollywood Babylon podcast with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman, they have a segment called What the Fuck Japan? This one falls right in line with that one. Got this one from the BBC. World news, people. This one's dated just six days ago. Bears versus robot wolves in aging Japan. That's right. Before I get into this, guys, they, there are certain towns in Japan that are building robotic wolves that are designed to scare off bears. If this isn't the most Japanese solution to a problem I've ever seen, rather than bring in Americans with shotguns, they're building semi-autonomous robotic wolves that are designed to scare the bears off. 
<laughs> because there are no guns in Japan, just so you know, because just shoot the bear would be an American solution. The article begins with gleaming red eyes, bone chilling howls and bared fangs. Animals scatter for cover at the sight of this beast. But this is an ordinary wolf or even a real one. Originally designed to keep wild animals away from farms, authorities now use this mechanical wolf to stop bears from entering urban areas and attacking people. Bears! The monster wolf was first used in Takikawa City in the autumn of 2020, according to Motohiro Miyasaka, president of its manufacturer, Wolf Kamui. Since then, more and more local governments have ordered it. The number of bear attacks in Japan has been rising at an alarming rate, authorities say. Experts say the main reason is that people, particularly young people, are leaving rural farming villages. Many of them have migrated to big cities, emptying villages or towns that have already been shrinking due to an aging population. Side note, we talk a lot about demographics as destiny here on the pod. Did you know that the average age in Japan is 55? Average. Wow. That means half yeah. the population is younger than 55, and the other half is older than 55. That's not and good. They're well on their way to an average age of 60 in the next 20 years. That's what not about good. That's not good. It means you don't have people to fill in the back end of the nobody's economy because all they're going to not going to work anymore. That's the I mean, problem no, in Japan. Well, one is, well, so one, nobody's working. So there's no 40 year olds that are working. There's no 60 year olds that are investing and there's no 20 year olds that are buying. Yeah. The economy is just messed. That's why the Japanese government or Japanese companies have been looking outside for investments. So the irony about Japan is that Japan is probably the most automated country in the entire planet because of mm -hmm. this aging population problem. See above, robotic wolves protecting towns from bears. They can smell the menstruation. Yeah. <laughs> the article goes on more and more rural farmland in the foothills that once acted as a buffer zone between the bears and humans is disappearing. As a result, young bears have over the decades moved into the untended woodlands, living closer to cities, getting used to bright lights and loud noises and becoming less afraid of humans. They are wandering into residential areas because their habitat has expanded from the mountains into the flatlands closer to human populations. Ferocious brown bears are found in the northernmost region of Hokkaido. That's the top island, for those of you familiar with how Japan's set up. Over the past six decades, there have been more than 150 bear attacks in Hokkaido. At least four people were killed and 10 were injured in 2021. Asian black bears populate the rest of Japan. They are identified by the cream-colored crescent mark on their chests and are less aggressive, but not any less dangerous. Japan's bear population is also increasing at a time when Japan's human population is aging and shrinking. Government data estimates there are around 12,000 brown bears in Hokkaido alone, while some experts put Asian black bear populations at around 10,000. So there's 20,000 bears roaming the countrysides of Japan. Spelling menstruation. I have a solution. Wait Slightly controversial. Go ahead. Mostly American. Guns. Guns yeah, you, would solve you, this fucking you problem. Miss, it's you about this. time. You missed this when you stepped away from the mic, Leon. I think you bring over a couple Americans with shotguns. This problem goes away in three months. Yeah, it's guns. Yeah, yeah. let's that's, go hunting. That's, that's bring, in some, bring in some crazy Americans. Give them a permit as the, as the bear hunting task force and just let a bunch of crazy Montana and Idaho people go buck wild. No, no, and no. You just solve the problem. Too. Mm -hmm. Don't leave us out of that they're, game. They're missing out on a you huge so? opportunity the here. The bear is on the state flag of California. You got to at least go to Texas or Oklahoma or something. Nah. Oh, I'd kill a bear in a heartbeat. You killed a bear. Killed a child bar. can kill a bear. Killed a bar when he was only three, David Crook. Listen, for all the shit that poor guns get in this country. Or defenseless guns. This is one of the, the pluses. This is it. Yeah. This is you take all you give take credit to people with the guns positivity and guns. Say, We're gonna go solve the bear problem in Japan. Let's export a little America. Actually, next time I get somebody telling me that we need to outlaw guns here, I'm like, Do you like bears? Do you want <laughs> bears to overrun our country? <laughs> is that something you, you want? You know what the Japanese are dealing gun? with? You prepare bears? <laughs> Robot wolves. 
I'm not uh, going to sleep tonight because of Robot Wolves. Robot Wolves. This thing's pretty That's going to keep me up. I, I, I would be cool with that in my yard. Keep the bears away. Oh, fuck that. Oh, Jesus. Doesn't that look sinister it's, right there? It's terrifying. Red eyes. It's got a solar panel for Halloween. I'll tell you that right now. I'd love that in front of my house. The fact that it's both a robot and a wolf is just fucking horrifying. It's the Japanese are geniuses, but they're they're evil, man. There's a darkness there. If there's so, a robot solution, I assume the Japanese will come up with it. Yes, that's <laughs> that's part of the automation that has fixed the demographic problem. But the situation has been worsened by reduced yields of acorns, the biggest food source for bears, in part because of climate change. Now, climate change Stop. aside, climate change aside, would anybody look at bears and immediately go, oh, yeah, acorns? That, that's the problem here? That's fucking yeah. news to me. No. Bears eat acorns. No. That's the news the story right is here. They're, they're encroaching on their territory and they're building stuff. Let's be honest. Let's not put an extra label on this. It's not an acorn problem. Acorn harvests typically adhere to a boom and bust cycle. An autumn of exceptional harvest can mean a dismal one the following year and a bad year can be made worse when intense storms more frequent now because of climate change. Leon. Change. Oh my God. Global warming can also affect oak trees, Leon. Oh, my God. A 2015 study showed that warmer weather may lead to smaller crops of acorns by disrupting pollination. The pollination, Leon. The pollination. The bees are in trouble. Oh, my God. Uh, However, warming spring seasons, a result of global warming. A lot of global warming here, Leon. We got some global warming bingo going on. You know what they're not mentioning on the bees (laughs) is what happened to all the cell phone towers that are disrupting bees from getting home. I need to stay connected. So the warming spring seasons lengthen the blooming period and cause oak trees to flower in a less synchronized manner. Synchronization. That can reduce acorn harvests in autumn by about 20%, according to Tim Sparks, professor at Coventry Coventry University. Did you know you had a fucking university in Japan? Then it has to be legit. Then fucking get him to write you a check. All these stats are real now. (laughs) Uh, What we need to think about doing now is how to get the bears back in the mountains, said Mr. Koike. Well done, sir. But there is no clear solution. The main problem, according to Tsutomu Mano, research biologist at the Hokkaido Research Organization who spoke to local media, is that very few officials have wildlife management knowledge and government ministries don't coordinate well to deal with the issues. See? Government inefficiency. Right on Danny's train. Beyond teaching people how to react during bear encounters and relying on a decreasing number of aging hunters, authorities are at a loss as to how best deal with the situation. Oh, the rage! We know how to solve it. Guns. Guns. (laughs) Before the diminishing rural communities and the dampened acorn harvests, many attacks in the past happened when people veered deep into the wilderness of bear territory, but now that's flipped. They're trying their best, but this is a new problem for them. What do we think? Who hurt you, people? (laughs) Yeah. What are your crimes? Who hurt you? I say... Couple of mountain people with shotguns, bear problem solved. Three months, and it'll cost. Listen, let me let me get. I'm gonna go on a limb here. Five grand plus aircraft. Yeah, we need one banjo, ten <laughs> Americans, one electric slide, fifty gallons of moonshine, a thousand rounds, thousand, thousand rounds. Yeah, I don't know, twenty two thousand bears. You're gonna need more than a thousand rounds. Oh, bears. Unless you intend to do more, like one round per multiple bears, like you want to line them I mean, up. We're not going to kill all the bears. I think we're you should. Thin I them think out. you should kill most of the bears. Yeah. R.I.P. Dick Buckus. That's right. Oh, R.I.P. Oh, timing well played. Wow, so nice one. So sad. Unfortunately, this won't come out for three months, Mitch. So that oh, will be a lost you. reference. Like, what are you talking about? Wrong, That'll sir. be a lost reference. We've already Wrong. had someone else die between now and then. Wrong. I can't. I can't speak Wrong. to the future. Just what is Wrong. now? <laughs> there goes the prank file. Let's get to the hero of the week. There goes my hero of the week. I could probably also play the Florida song because this <laughs> is fucking. Florida. You guys are going to love this one. This one comes to us from our friends at the Post. Two women charged after allegedly tossing baby like a toy outside a bar. <laughs> and yes, there is video. <laughs> oh my well, God. 
I know the bobs can't see the video, but I feel like we need to to have a. Can we? Yeah, can we? Can we watch the video? Okay, slow your roll. Slow your roll. This was dated (laughs) September 18th from our friends at the New York Post. The opening article says two Florida women have been accused of drunkenly tossing a baby back and forth like a toy outside a bar and possibly breaking his arm. Let's let's roll that video. Accused of tossing around a child like a toy, possibly breaking his arm. Thanks for joining us on this Friday. I'm Luann Surround. And I'm John Brown. The whole thing happened on Thursday in Daytona Beach, right there along Seabreeze Boulevard. Oh, no. And buddy. Long for things to get out of control. Oh, no. This video shows the women threatening bystanders who were filming it. And at one point, oh my goodness, the child again. Fox 35's Chris Lindsay is live in Daytona Beach this evening. So, Chris, police say that. Oh my gosh, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> about four feet apart. <laughs> yes, there was people. I love that that's where you went to your higher university. Child back and forth, Magic. bringing him around aggressively. <laughs> when they spoke out, the women weren't too fond of that. This camera caught most of the exchange. <laughs> that camera. A chaotic evening in Daytona Beach ended with two women in jail for child abuse. You see me, baby. The surveillance camera at Crazy John's caught most of the incident. 19-year-old Brianna <laughs> sneaking a baby up and down. Nothing about this surprises me. <laughs> Only this this shit only happens in Florida. Occasionally, Germany. I gotta Leon, tell you though, Florida. Leon. Do you know Seabreeze Boulevard? I do. Yeah, I live there. Do right you off know? Of do you know where the Coyote Ugly is? Uh, yes, I do. Um, and actually, that Special. may be my baby. <laughs> Special. She looks familiar. From no, my I haven't day. been there for a while, but. No, no, Leon, yeah. Leon has put some time between him and Daytona, but he knows all the he knows where the bodies are buried. So this is a funny story for us. <laughs> it is really funny. <laughs> Brianna LaFoe, 19, and Sierra Newell, 20, were arrested about 1 a.m. Thursday after police responded to the Coyote Ugly Saloon on Seabreeze Boulevard, Daytona Beach. A witness who shot video of the shocking incident told police that the two sloshed women were throwing the child and flipping him upside down outside the watering <laughs> hole, according to the outlet, which cited an arrest affidavit. They tossed the baby back and forth, quote, like a toy, unquote, over a distance of about four feet, according to the document. <laughs> Newell, who was on crutches, threatened to hit bystanders who pleaded for the women to stop abusing the child. She started throwing the baby up and down a little too aggressively, said witness Jihada Rashid. Oh, and they got bikinis on. Oh, yeah. That just they're adds, out at 1 a.m. That, that adds to the fun. That's a thong. That's a thong? That's butt floss right there. That's right. They, they, there is. they blurred it out in the video. Look at that. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Oh, boy. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I think we just need to put this baby out of its misery now. It's not going to be a productive part of society. Yeah. It's going to be a drain on society. It has no chance. It already has shaking baby. And that (laughs) I wouldn't trust her to raise a pot plant, let alone this child. Oh boy. So I think this one right here, Newell, the blonde, I think is the mother because while clutching the baby, Newell walked up to the person recording her and allegedly struck her. And she certainly doesn't look good in her yeah, mugshot. Although just, she's got uh, she's got a hot mugshot, to be fair. Uh, she's her, guilty. She's guilty of whatever she's there for. She's got to do something with those roots, though, right? Come <laughs> on. Oh, dark roots. Yeah, that's trashy. All she needs oh, is big hoop earrings to close it out. I'd say, I'd say two to one, she's on bath salts right now. Like during this mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do we do I'm here? Name you fentanyl. What do we do here at the Bottle of Brown podcast when we talk about Hero of the Week? Were there any drugs involved? Ready for it? I mean, Ready yeah. for it? What was the drug of choice? Oh, just alcohol. Oh, that's, that's alcohol. What a letdown. That's, that's hard to believe. That's yeah. disappointing. Yeah, but, you know, you mix alcohol with years and years and years of Florida breeding. That's what you got. She's she she might be like 22, but she still manages to just look really tired. Like 
Yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's two like fucking These two exhausted. Are under 21. Yeah, nine, really 19, and, 19 and oh, 20 19 in the 20. Volusia County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, uh, just, just, meanwhile, just also rough. flipped the baby upside down by his ankles Ugh. and tried to hit the woman with one of Newell's crutches. She also actually and intentionally struck the woman who was recording on the right arm with an open hand. Oh, that's a slap. Uh, the baby was taken to Halifax Health with red marks on his back. An x-ray revealed a mark on his arm that could indicate a broken arm. The redacted document did not reveal whom the baby belonged to. But Newell's mother was at the scene during the incident, and the Department of Child, Children and Families is investigating whether she can take custody of the child. The child has been released from the hospital. Uh, Lafoe and Newell were charged with felony child abuse. Lafoe was also charged with battery and held on $3,500 bond. Newell has reportedly been released. It really breaks your heart to see a little one go through something like that. Sean Knapp, manager at the nearby Crazy John's Recreational Cannabis Store. There it is. Told the news. He said he believes the incident would have turned out worse had bystanders not intervened. That's what we need in all communities, right? We need people to watch out for each other no matter what age. Says the red, red, red of the flag. hash bar. Red flag. Bikini, 1 a.m., child. What the That's fuck? It. And the final image here, here, the final image here of the Coyote sense. Ugly is a whole bunch of motorcycles, cruisers out fuck. front. Well, yeah, I mean, you know that's where Bike Week is. So that's like one of the it main streets. On yeah. With Main Street and down Seabreeze. Well done, ladies. Well fucking done. Well, girls, I'm going to turn into a pumpkin. That wraps up here of the week. Let's get to some adulting. How old are you guys? We're not fucking kids anymore. On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your pain? Everything hurts. I'm a grown-ass man, dog. I pay taxes here, fucker. We're not like <laughs> you. We're grown-ups, motherfucker. When 900 years old, you reach, look as good you or not. Hmm? Tonight's adulting comes to us from Axios. Hard Edge News. Dated September 24th, America embraces prenups. 50% of adults open to signing. Now, of the hosts of the Bottle of Brown podcast, Brown Bulletin, only one of us has yet to tie the knot, which means only one of us can experiment with this particular theory. Balls in your court, Mitch. Oh, half. Half of U.S. adults say they're open to signing a prenuptial <laughs> agreement, according to new data. Preconceived notions about romance and matrimony be damned. Listen, we all know Midge. Midge is not the one that's going to get half taken from him. It's she is going to require a prenup from him. And the question is, are you willing to sign? He's going for the rich girls, ladies. You, you got you to gotta have a little money in your pocket if you well, want some of the money. Yeah. Punch above your weight. Do it. I think you're, I think you're way overestimating my options. Leon. <laughs> Just got to find that nice divorcee there, Midge. She's out there. Oh, buddy. Loading ready. Well, <laughs> listen. This is a total pain in the ass. Midge. Yeah. I want to get you set up as a male gigolo. Oh. I think you got the skills and the personality. It would be oh, fucking your awesome. Smile is, your smile yeah. is golden. It's I'm golden. Absolutely. You a manly absolutely. hairy chest will get you a gold medallion. I'm absolutely not doing that. <laughs> Some shirts with big I gotta, collars. I gotta eat, man. Eventually. Right, that's what we're talking about. I gotta be fine for a while, but eventually eat I gotta eat. What? It's the question. Right. I gotta eat Choose something. I gotta make money. I'm not making money off my body. Not yet. Oh, yeah, you are. It's very you got it. Though, you flaunt you. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Why it matters. More fiancés, millennials in particular, want to protect their assets before they tie the knot by signing prenups, contracts previously linked to only the rich and famous. By the numbers, 50% of United States adults said they at least somewhat supported the use of prenups, although only about one in five married couples has a prenup, according to a September Harris poll conducted by Axios. That's up from last year, mind you, when Harris poll found that 42% of polled adults support the use of prenups. Up. By 20%. New trend. Keep an eye out for it. Of 66% okay. of people on the dating app, The League, who responded to a question about prenups, so they're open to signing one, according to data shared with Axios. 
Younger generations in particular are embracing it. 41% of Gen Z respondents who are engaged or have been married said they entered a prenup. Two in five for reals. 47% of millennial respondents who are engaged or have been married said they entered a prenup. Almost half. You believe that shit? No. No. Not at all. You think, this is, you, think, you think this is lies? You think this is all lies? Um, I find it fascinating. I want to see the numbers. Well, that's fun because we have some numbers for you. Americans are getting hitched later in life and they often have individual assets and debt to consider before marrying. Meanwhile, divorce remains a common reality. Even if you factor in the recent wedding boom that pushed the marriage to divorce rate down, 40% of marriages end in divorce nationally. Now, I remember when we were kids, divorce rate was 50%. So I'd say that's an improvement. Maybe prenups are a good thing. All right. Numbers. Numbers for Leon. Based on the U.S. Census, U.S. marriage and divorce rates. Marriage and divorces per 1,000 residents aged 15 and older annually from 2008 to 2022. The marriage rate is 17%. Wait a minute. How are we well, reading this? COVID. How are we reading this? So marriages and divorce. Oh, per 1,000 residents. Got it. Per 1,000 residents, 17% of them get married. Per 1,000 residents, 7% of them get divorced. Okay, that's okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so 40%. 40% Yeah. Yeah, roll with that. It's still the same statistic. It's just you just put it into perspective. But yeah, it's 40%. But I, I remember when we were kids, it was 50. You guys remember that? Did anybody ever come in and say how many of your parents are divorced and like half the kids raised their hand? Like that was a thing. Was it 50? No, it wasn't 50. We were kids, it was 50. I I didn't Mm. grow up in the ghetto like you. I I grew up in good good ghetto. Yeah, we went to school together. Where did I grow up? (laughs) (laughs) I lived in the ghetto. Santa Margarita. Yeah, I know. Once once you cross El Toro Road and go into Lake Forest, it's a big deal. Oh, there's no way Lake Forest would would tout those numbers. No way. Not a chance. Marriage yes, yes. is slowly, slowly Rancho Santa Margarita, which is the divorce capital of the county. Hey, that's why they have the <laughs> real housewives out there. That's right, they do. Mm-hmm. Touche. That's why we're divorce people. Touche. Well done. Just cross my fingers. Although prenups were long thought of as agreements <laughs> that benefited wealthier grooms, now women see this as a way to financially protect themselves, says... Uh, Beth Williams, 34-year-old newlywed who signed a prenup. Okay, ah. so she's she's an expert. Oh, she's founder and CEO of Future Wallet. Well done, Beth. I encourage people to start talking about it as early as possible so that it doesn't feel like it's an icky, taboo, non-romantic thing. That's the problem. Isn't that the problem? Is romance. Why no, would you sign a prenup? Romance. Don't you love me? Well, we have money. It's pot commitment. Money loves me. Well, let's... Yeah. When you marry someone, you're saying you are now my family and I trust you more than anybody on this planet, except for with my money. So if we could just have you sign (laughs) this. Yeah. So I love you, but my bank account is not. That's the problem. I'm not willing to get cheese on my WAPA if something was to happen. The difference is what I'm saying. The difference is (laughs) I love and cherish you and this is forever and marriage is forever versus this is a business transaction, which I enjoy the tax break. Will you sign Mm -hmm. on this line? That's the difference between the two. But it benefits both of us. So it's a win-win. That's why you get married when you're young and poor and you don't have to deal with any of this bullshit. (laughs) I wish that was the case. I'm sorry. This doesn't work out that way, bro. Well, so two millennial women launched a company with the goal of addressing this problem of these things are expensive. So this online platform, Hello Prenum, charges a flat fee of $5.99. What? Was this article written by women? It's Axios, so maybe. Yeah, I I get it now. Listen, listen, this is an old old wooden ship called diversity. You need to be accepting of it, Ron. No, I'm (laughs) I'm accepting, but... Now that I know that, this whole article 
has a different lens for me. Listen, aren't you glad that women are taking charge of their own financial stability? I hope my daughter does. There you Mm -hmm. go. See, you're a father of a father of a girl. Uh, Hello, prenup is projected to do 25 times more prenups in 2023 than it did in 2021. 25x. That's pretty good growth. Uh, Not all prenups say that you won't get half, but a prenup does essentially is take your potential divorce out of the court system. Uh, where you could be beholden to state laws and judge rulings that may not be in your best interest, says Kelly Chang Rickard, a family law attorney. Uh, depending on what state you're in, <clears throat> divorcing without a prenup could make someone responsible for their par- for their partner's debt, whether it was known during the marriage or not, and vulnerable to creditors. According to Hello Prenup user data shared with Axios, 65% of users say they want to protect against their partner's debt. 87% of users on the platform say they're getting a prenup to clarify which of their property is separate versus marital or community. Bottom line, long time ago, I think if you mentioned prenup, it brought up fears of divorce. Today, it's more accepted as part of the wedding planning process, says Chang Rick. I make one comment. They use the word debt. I'd use the word liability. Ooh. Say more. It's liability. It's not debt. Say more. You're a nerd. Finance nerd. Finance. What do you want to say? You're a nerd. No, I mean, that's why you do it. No, you're right. It's liability. It ain't finance. It's liability. Like, you you can be in debt, but like, that's just credit card debt. Okay, fine. Whatever. So I'm credit card car or whatever it is, but like, it's your liabilities, the other things inside that can like. dogs unite. And absolutely thank you. And just look at it simply like, Look, liability is simply health, health liability. Like all of a sudden you get married and all of a sudden you're responsible for this person's all of their health liabilities that they could get into and could bankrupt you. So kick them to the curb if they get sick. No, I totally get it. Just throw it out there. It's liability, not debt. So I'm reminded of Jones. As usual is spot on. Ooh. (laughs) That was a tangent I did not expect. I'm reminded of a colorful anecdote from Leon once upon a time. We were in Las Vegas and we were staying at one of our regular hotels that we stayed at. And there were a bunch of girls that came to hang out of which I didn't get the sense that we liked them. And so when we were about to go somewhere and we were leaving the hotel room right there, they might've been homely. Right. But at some point they, they couldn't leave because they were drinking. And one of them said, I can't drive. I've had two DUIs and Leon without missing a beat said, well, clearly you make bad decisions. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the story because the story doesn't need to have a rest of it. That's it. That was the line. That was what, such that was what wisdom burned from itself. such a young man. That's Danny, I literally use brain. that line today. Well, clearly you make bad decisions. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> For a completely different reason. But that's well, hilarious. What it says, I mean, what it says that to seven, me, like I said, clearly you make bad decisions. What it says to me is, despite your bad decisions, I still love you. Sign here. I want to wake the kids up. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, the rest of adulting. Let's get out of here. Let's let's finish with some happy times. All right, all right, all right. I know that Leon is a purveyor of the seniors and he enjoys their time and his waxing philosophic about the value of seniors has really made me pause and reflect on it. So I want to thank Leon for that, that seniors are worth investing in. So when I ran across this story, this just lit my heart on fire. I thought this was the most perfect fucking story for happy times. I got this one from people magazine. This one's dated October 3rd. So it's a couple of days ago. And it is exactly what you guys see here in this video. Chicago woman becomes world's oldest skydiver at 104. God bless her. Fuck you. 
104, and she jumped out of a plane. What's your That's excuse? Not- you know, the difference that I ground. If I was 104, I just wouldn't have a shooter. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's oh, incredible. Man. It's incredible the wind didn't snap her body in half. Honestly, to put put on some noise canceling headphones, cue up "Ride of the Valkyries" by Wagner, and just roll out of that plane, middle <laughs> finger to the sky, and say, oh, "I well. did it. You got nothing on me." See you live to 104. This is how I want to go out. And she will be immortalized in, in the tablets on the mount. Yeah. But she's still alive. I re- oh, this, is, this is the bad bitch we're talking about. That, she is. This woman, first of all, let's let's not just overstep the fact. You you just you just grazed over the fact. Chicago woman. Mm-hmm. The fact that you live mm-hmm. that long in Chicago is a miracle. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're killing about a hundred thousand a yeah, day. I mean, the, the racism sure and the murder is as bad as the weather. Yeah, the murdering is high in Chicago. They murder a lot, so <laughs> she survived a lot of murdering, and that's good. And then she jumped out of a plane like this is easy because I survived Chicago yeah, and nobody murdered said, me. She said, "I live in Chicago." Jumping out of a plane, <laughs> the whole thing yeah. was delightful, wonderful," said Dorothy Hoffner. Of I slept with Al Capone. When, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Al Capone's dick was only four inches, but he knew how to use it. And I gave him syphilis and then he died. <laughs> I thought he wasn't circumcised, but he just was so small. <laughs> sorry. You Chicago know what they woman. say about those Italians? <laughs> <laughs> We are. We have come to the end of the show on a Friday night, and it is apparent. Sorry, Danny, you're doing a wonderful job. They used keep to it, call it the Windy City because of how many young men I blew. <laughs> you're not helping the cause. You're not helping at all. The Chicago I'm trying woman to get you back now, on track. A Chicago woman is now the oldest parachutist in the world. Dorothy Hoffner, 104, became the oldest person to skydive on Sunday, according to the Chicago Tribune, which documented the moment. After the Chicago native skydived for the first time at 100, she died. Just kidding. What? She decided what? that her next jump was going to be different. Three guys off there, didn't you? She's still alive. You, you got me. The story yeah. has a happy ending. Four years after her first jump, Hoffner completed the historic skydive with the help of tandem jumper Derek Baxter and a crowd of supporters in Ottawa, Illinois. Let me read that one to you again. Four years after her first jump, she's 104. Her first jump was 100. This bitch needs to be cast in bronze. She, I, I think we make statues for the wrong kind of people, and this is the kind of people we need to make statues for. This is just a literal superhero. Yeah. In footage shared by the Chicago Tribune, Hoffner addressed the crowd and the press after her monumental skydive. When asked how it felt to be back on the ground, she replied, wonderful, but it was wonderful up there, too. The whole thing was delightful. Wonderful. Couldn't have been better if we thought of it ourselves. Who are you? Wait, who's talking? You remind me of my grandson. There was a time. (laughs) There I was. How many of you young people have prenups? (laughs) <laughs> when i was your age i never had such a thing she did however hint that a third jump and a hot air balloon excursion may be in her future what the fuck yo you know what the only thing and i will tell you this from dealing not dealing dealing's the wrong word being able to interact with so many people of an elderly age what keeps you going is the next goal. And once you mm. give that up, once you decide you've accomplished everything, that's when your your mind, your body, your soul, everything starts to go, okay, we're done. Wrap it up. You know, I, th- I think once you, when you're early and young, you have all these things that you want to hit and your body's ready for it. Later in life, these people that live to 104, 110, it seems like they got a goal. They got like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do gotta, this you thing. You got to stay alive for something. Yeah. I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to achieve this thing. 
and understanding your limitations, but also understanding how far you can go. I think a lot of people pussy out. You know, once you turn 80, you pussy out. Like, go ahead, take a chance, break a bone. What are you going to do? You're going to sit in a chair anyway. Let your bone heal. Move on. Remember, what, remember these the, words of wisdom. Here's where the plot thickens. So before Hoffner, the world's current oldest parachutist, was Root Linnea Ingegaard Larsen from Sweden. And according to the Guinness Book of World Records, she earned the title in May 2022 when she was 103. We got a fucking skydiving rivalry going. I love it. You know what's going to happen next? You know what's going to happen next? Root Linnea Ingegaard Larsen is going to jump at 105 and she's going to put the finger up to Dorothy Hoffner and she's going to go, your move, bitch. And they're going to go back and forth until one of them dies. This is the greatest rivalry in sport. I don't care about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. This is the shit right here. Yeah. McGuire Sosa, nothing compared mm-hmm. to this. Uh-uh. This is real. Ronaldo Messi, child's play. <laughs> Hoffner Larson, people. This is the sports rivalry of our time. That's the problem. ESPN's covering the wrong stories. That's, That's right. why they're dying. That's right. This is bullshit. That's right. Old ladies jumping out of planes is the it. That is the yeah. thing. Cover this instead of the WNBA and we're good. <laughs> I'm going to watch you more. <laughs> Look. There goes your whole lesbian audience. <laughs> oh, we lost a whole Bob. I am un- I am unaware. I am really unaware of our lesbian Bob population. I would like to know. Bottleofbrown at gmail.com, 602-529-4562. Any lesbian Bobs out there that are offended, I'm listening. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Try to talk a little quieter, though. Inquiring mind. Like a lower volume would know. be nice. Anyway, that wraps up Happy Times. That is our show. You can email us at bottleofbrown at gmail.com. Give us a call, 602-529-4562. Leave a message for Danny, Leon, the Bidge, or Mr. Jones, or any of our special guests. Tell us what you liked or what you didn't like. We want to hear from you. And if you like our show, please give us a five-star review on your podcast app and share your favorite episode with a friend. Every positive review makes it easier for others to find the show and join the Bob community. We are on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share a quiet drink with us next episode. Same brown time, same brown channel. Bottleofbrown.com. This place is dead anyway, man.